You're listening to the Tuna Town Talks Fishing Podcast with Captain Paul Miller. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening. I'm a full-time charter captain based out of Ennis, Louisiana, and over the years I've seen some of the most incredible things, and some of my friends have told me some of the most unbelievable stories, so much to where I decided I would like to start a podcast. And now a word from our title sponsor, Blue Wave Boats. Blue Wave has been the number one selling bay boat along the Gulf Coast for many years now. And with over 50 square miles of marsh located out of Venice, Louisiana, it is essential that I choose the right boat to put my clients on fish. For the last four to five years, I've been using a 24-foot bay boat powered with a single 300 Suzuki, and it's been an amazing boat. However, over the years, I've also learned that I like to target a lot of different species that are near shore, so having a bigger boat with more power could help with that, which is why I've decided to move to a 26 Pier Bay powered with twin 200 Suzukis, and this has been the perfect size boat for being able to target multiple different species, especially because the boat has over four live wheels in it, which allows me to use multiple different baits to target multiple different species. With the flush mounted seating, I'm also able to maintain ample fishability, all while still providing a comfortable ride for my clients. With the step toll technology, I'm able to be more fuel efficient at higher speeds, which is also a huge advantage when making long runs through the marsh. If you would like to purchase a Blue Wave boat, head on over to bluewaveboats.com where you can find your local dealer. One of my favorite things to eat while out on the water is either beef jerky or snack sticks. And my favorite place to get this is bourgeoismeatmarket.com. That's right, guys. This is some really good stuff. They don't use any nitrates or preservatives. It comes from one of the oldest meat markets in the world with over 130 years in existence and their fourth generation taking over now. I really want to get the word out about their product and how easy it is to go on their website, order what you want, and leave it on your boat. So go to bourgeoismeatmarket.com and use code TUNATOWNTALKS in all capital letters to get 10% off your order. That's right, guys. Go to bourgeoismeatmarket.com and use code TUNATOWNTALKS in all capital letters to get 10% off your order. That's bourgeoismeatmarket.com. B-O-U-R-G-E-O-I-S meatmarket.com. Alright guys, here on another episode, and today I'm really excited about this one. I'm here at the ZCB Boatworks uh, facility here in Ocean Springs where they build all the ZCB boats, and I got uh, the owner, uh, Hussein Zayad, with me today, and um, I really appreciate you letting me come and talk to you today. Yeah, no worries. (laughs) We've been kind of pushing it off a little bit and probably (laughs) made a few minutes. Oh, I know. You're you're a busy man, dude. I don't understand how you you keep all this stuff in line over here just walking around. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, we've uh, we've grown a good bit. uh, We've been doing it about six years now with the ZCB thing and went from three of us to now we've probably got 15, 16 guys. Really? Wow. It's uh, definitely been a process that we've done a lot of it in-house, so it's been manufacturing and coming up with new, new products and ideas and stuff like that. Right. So where did you um, get your, like, passion? Like, your dad's a, a one of the more well-known cardiologists here on the Gulf Coast. And, you know, he was he, a, he was an immigrant? He, he moved here? Yeah, he moved here when he was uh, back in, like, 80, early 80s, uh, right after he got out of medical school and um, did his residency up northeast and, Where's he from? He's uh, Egyptian, actually. Egyptian, and, uh, okay. My mom is half Egyptian, half German, and uh, she moved here 
from Egypt when she was nine. And um, it's funny, my grandfather was a ship captain, so got a lot of water people. And really? that's where he met my grandmother was on a cruise ship. Actually, he was the pilot. And um, it's kind of water people all throughout my family. So It runs in your blood then, huh? Right, yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that how much water is in Egypt. Uh, we got the Mediterranean, the Red Sea, and, of course, the Nile. But uh, my, uh, my uh, uncles and stuff, they own water sports companies on the Red Sea and uh, beach hotels, stuff like that in the Red Sea. And we grew up doing snorkeling and spearfishing with my dad, watching him do it as we were kids. Like over um, there in Egypt? Y'all yeah. go over there and do it? Yeah, we, super cool. we'd follow my dad around and uh, my mom and dad around, and they'd be going out shooting groupers and stuff like that. That's so cool. I know you're you're I've I've got the pleasure of getting to dive with your brother, uh, Foad, quite a few times and now and uh yeah, you guys definitely have that have that passion. But that's where you guys started diving and stuff was like in the in the Red Sea? Yeah, Red Sea. Uh my dad did a lot of uh back back before they kinda fished it out, the Mediterranean. Um that's where they really were shooting a lot of stuff, uh, when they were younger. But uh yeah, we grew up in the Red Sea fishing those walls and stuff like that and just watching my dad. My dad can swim like a fish too. So really, you yeah. do like a lot of free diving or scuba yeah. diving? All free diving. All free diving. Yep. That's yeah. awesome. That's cool. So we grew up with it in our blood, and we um, moved. Uh, we grew up in the Northeast till while we were about five, uh, five, six years old, and uh, moved down here and um, moved down to Front Beach in a little condo there, and we fished every single day man that's all we did <laughs> that's it right your dad gave you guys a boat and said go after it or just well he bought a skiff a little game fisherman skiff when we were kids and i mean we were going with him and it was a fiasco with that honestly because a little <laughs> different for him than what he was used to and <laughs> there was a pier down on front beach and it's funny i went uh we fished that as we were kids and then as we grew up we were uh we had a skiff and we lived out uh near Gulf Parker States and we would take the skiff all the way back to our first little fishing hole and uh, that's where actually I caught my biggest trout there like seven and a half pounder really yeah, so <laughs> it still is today for a full circle around here it's one of our little honey holes at <laughs> right right in front of a dock yeah, down on front beach that's awesome that's so. super cool um so you guys uh grew up doing that and then I guess whenever I mean you got you just fished all through um, high school and stuff did you did you get into boat building then or yeah so honestly um we were we had a 28 hydrosport um back in early 2000s i think 2002 2000 yeah about 2002 and um i guess we were probably i was about 15 and, and the boats um, got bigger as y'all got older <laughs> yeah i was about 14 15 and we were on our way offshore one day and um it was foggy and my dad was driving and it was me my dad and my brother and my mom and i caught the fact that we were running in circles in the fog and i stopped my dad and kind of took over at 14 15 and my mom was like just let him try and i got us offshore we got to fishing and when we got back my mom's like you guys are better off by yourself <laughs> so so from there we were running offshore we were 14 15 years old we were taking that hydrosport we had some issues with it and um i uh zach lewis was actually working on building our my parents house at the time and um he said man you need to meet this guy matthew caldwell and uh went up there and we uh repowered our boat with 300s which 
my parents should have known better. Um, <laughs> we put 300 HPDIs on it, and uh, we actually helped Matthew rig the boat. And from that point on, Matthew was like, "Man, you uh, you want to stick around?" So where uh, where where, where was that so at? Matthew Caldwell's in Latimer. He was like one of the best Yamaha mechanics at the time in the country, and he had built the fastest drag boats in the country. Mm, so. Okay. I stuck around there, me and actually Kel that works here at the shop with us. and um, Kel Hood, right? Kel Hood, yep. And uh, so we've been kind of working together, him and I, since we were 16, 17. As soon as we could drive, we were driving up there. Um, wow. Working with Kel, with Matthew and learning a lot of out-of-the-box things. Matthew's a, probably one of the smartest people I know. Um, he, used to, he had the XS rated boat, which was the first quad-engine boat in the country. Really? Um, the big 36 yellowfin. So we kind of had it in our blood. Didn't Zach Lewis it. own that boat at one point? Uh, no, Matthew uh, No, Matthew Caldwell had it, and that actually ended up being one of the first, the uh, Trey Piquet's uh, voodoo boat, the first one, the black one. Okay, that's where that boat came from, yeah. Because yep. I remember Trey telling me about that boat, yeah. That boat has a big history, yep. And, um, that's so, so crazy, the first quad-engine boat center console right that's ended up with twin 350s on it <laughs> so it went to the retirement home with the twin 350s <laughs> so yeah we kind of tinkered with that and he's one matthew's really the one that had me think in a different way about how to do things he just threw me out to the wolves basically and just said here rig this boat or do this and we just have to figure it out obviously give us advice but it was learn it on your own don't i'm not going to babysit you so right. It really helped us learn how to problem solve and be creative. and um, That's probably the best way to learn, right? Oh, 100% because you learn. I mean, I'd, people watch me do things, and they're like, that is the weirdest way to come up with a measurement or do this, and, and it really it works. And mm -hmm. my guys think that I'm MacGyver. I mean, they call me the Egyptian MacGyver up here. <laughs> but it works. I mean, there's there's it's it's weird how you learn how to do things when somebody doesn't teach you how to do the certain way that, the by the book way right right and when you're trying to learn from somebody you, it kind of closes you off to thinking in a different way i feel like that open-mindedness kind of goes away oh a hundred hundred times i mean i uh, think i see that a lot in fishing like i see the parallel in that because there's a lot of fishermen that try to learn everything from somebody else but like all the greatest ones they kind of they figured it out mostly themselves and they're going to keep figuring out more and it's like they they stay ahead of everybody else exactly know? i mean you watch i mean it's well i was talking to uh, my buddy tyler crew the other day and they were talking about the first swordfish they caught and he's become one of the best sword fishermen over, over out of orange beach and i mean it was mickey mouse stuff you know and they <laughs> caught their first sword it was a big one too and it just shows that you don't have to have all that by the book stuff to really you just got to go try it you know yeah for sure learn on your own but um so from there like what what where what was the next thing like you so Podwell helped you and then so i went to uh went to lsu um of course i was supposed to be a doctor um <laughs> just that's kind of the way that the egyptian <laughs> way is you grew up to do what your dad did kind of <laughs> And I uh, did that for three years, and uh, I said, man, I want to switch to business school. And um, they wouldn't accept me because they had very, to transfer into the business school at LSU, you had that like a three, five, and of course I didn't have that, I was at LSU. Um, <laughs> so uh, Did it the right way. Huh? <laughs> yeah, we did it the right way. Um, I mean, one failing, but, uh, so I transferred to South Alabama, finished my um, business degree up there, and then uh, 
really, I was like, man, I, my dad's like, all right, well, then you need to be an engineer. You're not going to be a doctor. You need to be an engineer. So I went there and worked on my engineering degree for about two two years there. And um, I said, man, I, I think I want to mess with boats and um, build boats or do something with boats. And uh, so I transferred to UNO for their naval architecture program. Um, and... Um, kind of started going doing that and did that for two more years I mean I've got a lot of college under my belt but um, and uh, in the meantime I had started messing with the 18 project and we 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 had built a whole nother skiff and it just did not run right so we scrapped it and started fresh and so at that time we were this was probably 2014 ish 2014 2015 we built our first plug boat and I mean it was it was very again nobody taught me how to do it so I had to learn how to do it and mm -hmm. it was very archaic archaic techniques but we got our plugs all done and we shipped them down to Conk our and our boat works down there and he helped me build our hull mold you have a pretty extensive relationship with them yeah we can touch on that here I mean we can talk all day about that um um, instead of bouncing around, let me hit this real quick yeah, that's and fine. to talk about the school part. And so we, uh, at the time, it was around 2014, 2015, we built our plug boat and kind of started completing our first boat. And it was this back in, I guess it was around 2016 when we got our first boat out the mold. And I was walking to finals and I guess two and a half years in, and I saw what the senior projects were and they were bathtubs basically in my eyes and I had already <laughs> kind of developed and built this first boat and I said man this isn't for me uh, I'm going to go back to and do what I think I know how to do this is they're teaching me how to do this I learned how to do it my own I'm going to learn how to do it my own yeah so I dipped out of there and that's where the ZCB thing kind of rolled out um from there but yeah if you want let's talk about the conk thing for sure that's really where it really kind of yeah but w oh, real quick what'd your dad think about you leaving college with no degree there was no degree right well i have a business degree oh okay you had and a i promised degree. him i said look if the boat building thing doesn't work out i'll tuck my tail and i'll finish this i promise <laughs> you that I'll, I'll assure you that and um yeah and that's so, kind of where it goes, and now he's, I mean, I, I don't think he's too upset. He's seen what we've come up with. And, and how could you be with a beautiful product? Oh, uh, yeah, he's, one of, he's my biggest fan. I mean, he, yeah, he's got to be so proud of you now, man. Yeah, There's I mean, no he way. was, <laughs> at one point, he was here literally every single day coming to check on things, coming to see how we were doing. I mean, super excited, so. That's cool. So, yeah, so how did uh, Conk help you out? So, man, we had been through boats through the years, and, I mean, we had been through a bunch of, we had big Hydrosport, 33 Hydrosport. They had a Sea Hunter. We had um, a Fountain. Um, and then there came a time where I wanted to get a 33 Conk, and I just we couldn't swing it at the time, and um, it didn't work out. But uh, so I, they were at the time doing some of those refit Seacraft refits into little mini Conks, and that was the one that I could afford. And so I had them do that, and. It, that boat's still around here. It's been through a couple of buddies and stuff, and now Jason Miller, one of my good friends, has it. But um, so we built that boat, and that boat got a lot of attention on social media at the time. I mean, so the whole truth actually, the big build thread and stuff like that. And 
I kind of had the eye for it. I, I threw that together to Matt, and he put it together and built it, and it turned out really neat. Um, so that back that was back in like 2011, 12, mm-hmm. and um, so we built that first boat, and it was really neat. And I was like, man, this guy knows how to build some boats, and he was like, man, this guy's kind of unique. At the time, I was doing rigging and stuff, so at that point, he was like, man, why don't you come stick around down here and rig some boats? And um, that was when they were subbing all of their rigging out at the time. Um, they they would build the hull and then sell off the hull. So he, he just shot me his contacts as customers, and we built a good handful of boats down there. I bought a big travel trailer and uh, stayed in the conk parking lot and was working out of there. And we were uh, rigging boats through there. And finally it got to the point to where we were good enough, and we actually had people shipping their boats up here for us to rig them and then ship the boat back down to Florida. So that's where we really got our start was rigging. And um, who who was doing that with you? Was um, so I had a handful of guys. We had uh, Zach Joseph did it for a little while, a year or so. Um, he's a captain down in Vegas yeah, he's, now. Yeah, he's, um, he works with me, Mexican Colton. God, who, Colton Wood was who really he's did a lot with me. Just um, a lot of different guys. A lot of different guys. together. Through, yeah, just kind of through college and after college or whatever. And um, so at the 2012, we had built that first boat, and then I was like, man, I want to get a 27. So we got a 27 conch and built it and rigged it out. And um, so I got used to custom boats that were built like a tank um, that ran good, and so we built the 27 with them, sold that boat, and then we built a 33. And all the while, I was really close. I'm, I am still really close to Matt that owns Arndor Boat Works, that owns conch. And mm-hmm. um, so we developed a really good friendship. He was giving me boats at a really good deal at the time because um, I was helping him push the stuff, and um, yeah. we worked together a lot. I mean, did a lot of stuff with that. And uh, so we went, I guess, what, 23 or 25, whatever that conk, the bay boat was, to a 27 to a 33. And um, finally we got to a point he had a 27 conk that I was like, man, we need to turn this thing into a bay boat. And um, we chopped it all up, and uh, it looked really good. And he wouldn't build the deck and cap that I wanted. I was like, man, this is how we got to do it. He's like, oh, that's going to cost too much. People don't bay boats. This is right when bay boats, the big bay boats were coming out, and mm-hmm. uh, he didn't really see the market. He thought it was kind of crazy. So I said, man, I'm out on it. And uh, so we built that boat and sold it to somebody else with just more of a utilitarian deck not a uh, not something the hull was sexy the cap was just kind of to me was lacking a little bit it wasn't what you wanted to no I wanted yeah I was like man we got to build the deck we're going to have to invest some money in that he's like "Ah, I just don't see it I don't see it I don't see it so I was like all right that's kind of when the 18 that's pretty much when the 18 started I was like all right I'm going to figure this boat building thing out and uh, obviously with his help and guidance I mean, mm-hmm. he, he gave me all his lamination schedules. Here, this is what you need to use. Here, he, Here's who you need to call. And I'd call him and even, hey, what what do I need to do with this? And here, this is what you need to do with that. So he really coached me through it. I mean, open book. I mean, here, you want the, the build book? Here, check it out. I mean, mm-hmm. no secrets. I mean, super good guy, man. He's yeah, It's pretty essential to have somebody like that. At oh, time. yeah. <laughs> and he's young, too. He's a couple years older than me, but been doing it a little definitely a little bit longer in the boat building aspect and um 
so that's kind of where that relationship came with them and that's what bred the 18 and the 18 was a stepping stone because I knew I wanted to build a big bay boat and I said man I got to learn on something a little smaller a little less expensive to get into right so that's kind of how all that where if you messed up a whole hole it's not yeah (laughs) that quite as much little boats are I mean you're not taking them my brother is uh, 100 (laughs) miles offshore but uh and it's actually a funny story is that's my brother is known for being the most destructive person period and (laughs) he's probably had to be hard on through 15 boats and the only boat that has ever been sold was his 18 that i built him was the only boat that survived him and went into somebody else's hands without either (laughs) being sold burned up stolen i remember that dude he he had that one burn up on him yeah that boat exploded on him and that boat was a tuna dynasty yeah yeah that (laughs) boat was a disaster um and uh but yeah, it's the only boat to survive him, and is still on the water today. So it's kind of my <laughs> biggest accomplishment. Is For all the listeners that, that don't know, Foad's a extreme waterman. He does all kind of filming for Discovery Channel and the sharks and stuff. Man, I, I find that so fascinating with you guys. Like you guys have really like, I don't know. Like you, you, you see a lot of doctors, uh, kids, and they, they don't always turn out the best. If you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like you guys have really like found a way to follow your passion and find something really passionate about and just go for it and be the best at it and it and it's i don't know i really admire that because it's hard to it's hard to keep that sometimes whenever you come from a lot to to find a passion and, sure. and drive it home you know like that so. for sure and we've got man my great grandfather was like a famous artist my dad's an artist so i i mean That's boat cool. building is an art my i mean my cousin is a badass architect very very good artistic person so we've got some artistic stuff in our blood and i mean this boat building thing is definitely in my eyes a piece of art yeah the filming thing my brother does is definitely you know so that's cool how that all like runs together yeah the art and the boatsman and the water in your blood definitely yeah it's just different i feel like uh fishing i say that sometimes that fishing is artistic at times (laughs) oh yeah you got to be creative i mean you yeah it's think about it in different ways definitely 100 percent you know so that's cool, man. Um, so you you built the eighteen, and that I mean that kind of went that. I mean that was it, right? Like that was the the skiff around town. Yeah, sure. so we built the eighteen, and man, that thing ran incredible. And um, we were like, man, we got something here. I mean, we were running offshore. We fished the Gorn Flows tournament, and that thing, I think we placed fourth on a really rough weekend. And yeah. um, I mean, we were offshore with that thing, and. Kind of, we everybody else built technical polling skiffs or really lightweight, worrying about getting in five inches of water. And we said, man, we want to build a skiff that can get to chandelier um, comfortably and safely. And um, we're not worried about getting in five inches of water. We will be fine with eight inches, seven or eight inches, nine inches of water if we have to. And um, so we took a little different technique, and it turned out to be a really versatile boat for a lot of guys here. That because our barrier islands, you know, I mean, it gets rough in there, um, mm-hmm. and it's not fun enough. 400 pound skiff you know yeah, we build exactly. our boats fully rigged everything out the door they're about 2,000 pounds so they're heavy little tanks and they're wow. built like our big boats and they're built like a conch you know and I mean yeah that's the only way we know how to build them is is all the way all the way I mean yeah we'll take that extra weight to be confident you know that's awesome so you don't have to worry about the integrity Never, any of that. Like, never, and yeah. I don't want to fix boats. I mean, one failure will kill you these days with social media and stuff like that. I mean, 
Yeah, it's, no you don't want to be on that side of it. I mean, I see other companies do have issues, and I always it's like my learning process is like, don't do what they did. Just yeah, don't trim or don't take trim care around of it. The, you the know, materials just, side of things. Yeah, it's not <laughs> worth it. It's I mean, the materials are expensive, but it's a it's a it's dropping a bucket. You know, you gotta have to, integrity. Yeah, compared to all that, so. But the next uh, the next boat was the twenty six, right? Yeah. So we uh, we sold our uh, actually we, what we did is we did the eighteen we did the New Orleans boat show was our first show and I brought my boat and my brother's boat there and um, that's where we sold our very first boat we sold it to a gentleman out of uh, South Louisiana an eighteen mm-hmm. and um, it was funny we had our we went all out on our booth I mean we had the nicest little booth in the Superdome and uh, Bill Kenner came up to us. Um, and Bill Kenner's, I mean, Kenner Boats, uh, Blackjack, all that stuff. Um, he came up to us. He's like, man, you guys got something going on here. And uh, he led to the boats. The yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he came up. He's like, man, you guys are going to do well with this. Just keep doing it how you're doing it, you know. And he's like, how many boats y'all built? I said, well, here's number one and here's number two. He's like, these are your first two. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we talked a little bit. And he wished us all the luck. And after we heard that, obviously you hear that from somebody that – is respected and has built thousands of boats you know you kind of take that like all right we got something we got something yeah so we sold that first boat actually and um we hadn't sold many boats i mean it was it's hard to come out with something you know and after you've only built a couple of them it's hard to get somebody to be the guinea pig and um that customer did um he was impressed and uh so we built i think four or five of those uh the 18s before we started the 26 project and um, so we did the 26 project, and we started offering it to people. And we would just we took them on sea trials of the 18, and uh, we were that confident in the 18. We said, all right, well look, it's going to be similar. We're using this. This is our model that we're using. Um, we're basing it off. We're going to scale it. Obviously, modify some things, but it's going to run just like this. So we took some guys out. Um, and they were amazed by the 18. They said, man, if the 26 rides half this good, we'll be happy. <laughs> and um, so we came out. We had some introductory pricing for the first few guys. And next thing you know, we sold 10 boats in two weeks. Wow. And um, 10 26s? 10 26s on order. So we're like, all right, now we got to get rolling. That's and where the market wants to be, right? It's 26. 26 is where everybody wants to be, I feel like. Especially here. I mean, it's uh, – the 26 that in between boat really lets you do a lot around here um yeah and uh i've said that before with like these big 40 foot center consoles and stuff and like the 47s that they're coming out with it's like you know that that's gonna be like a ferrari but where everybody's gonna fall into if you're like a fisherman that lives on the water is you're gonna want a boat you can have one boat that you can do whatever you want in and that's that's what i like you know i like i don't like to have to have keep up with three different boats that you know do everything it's better just to have one that you can do multiple different things in, in my right opinion, yeah you know yeah and i mean it's a jack of all trades i mean we try to it's it does a lot of things really really well um but um and we've had we've had the boats out in akika i mean we've had them out in the middle of the gulf and i mean they do really really well we've caught some big fish on them and there is something when you get back to the dock and you've got the little 26 foot bay boat say and come in with some big fish and people are like oh you guys are crazy and it really feels good to kind of do something i mean it's not as special when you come in in a 
two million dollar boat, you know. Yeah, as a, yeah. As a little. It's like, a, well, yeah, you should have all them fish. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you have to catch all those fish, otherwise, you know, you come back empty-handed in a little boat. And I know a bit what that feels like. I caught a big sword on my on my twenty-four a couple of years ago, and yeah, I mean, it definitely feels different when you're in the for sure in a mix of a bunch of Freemans, and you know, the little boat catches the biggest fish for sure. And it's actually funny. We uh, the first the twenty-six the first trip. Uh, it went in the water. Um, I had Joey Davis with me, actually, um, uh, and a couple guys from the shop. Mark from my shop. I had uh, a couple guys, and we um, we uh, so we we put the water boat in the water on in April the night before. The first time the boat basically went in the water complete was the night before Gorn flows, and we put it in the water to go catch bait. And uh, <laughs> we pulled the boat into Gorn flows that evening, and. I mean, obviously, people are like, whoa, whoa, what the hell is that, blah, 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 and it's pretty funny. We uh, So we fished that tournament, and we won that tournament, and uh, we caught the biggest fish, and we won the aggregate, and so we basically swept it, swept it for the most part, and uh, on the first trip on that boat, and we're like, all right, this is good juju. We got, <laughs> we got something going on here. I mean, the first trip, the boat goes in the water. It you had to have, you had to have uh, cultivated that moment in your mind. Oh right? yeah, man, it was it was like that, man, that's that, the, that had to been your dream from when oh, you were fifteen, God. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Build your boat. I mean, it's funny. We built all the rods in the boat. We built the boat and everything, and we went and did it. You know, and it that's was so that's cool, such a man. good feeling when you do. I mean, it's different than when you go buy a boat. Even if you buy the boat from me, it's not the same as whenever I build the thing and you Dude. have a big sense of satisfaction. <laughs> That's crazy because, like, you know, some people know what it's like to make the lure that they right, made and exactly. they caught that fish. But like, Very cool, too. <laughs> it's cool, too, right? But not many people are going to know what it feels like in your mind to build the boat, fester that in your mind for years and years and years, build the boat, build the rods, and then go out there and win the tournament. I mean, that's just got to be – nobody almost, else will be able to know what that feels like. And in our <laughs> eyes, we won the race in the morning too. I mean, it was it – was, we had a 400 on that, single 400, and uh, it was rough enough. And uh, I still remember we were probably the fourth boat in the pack. I mean, it was all quad engine boats and then Mikey McDermott and his 39 yellowfin. And I was sucking <laughs> him up offshore, and he turned around. He'll tell you right now. He's He said he, was, he turned around. He goes, is that you saying back there? <laughs> and uh, if we had a couple more miles, I would have caught up to him offshore, and it was it was pretty funny. I mean, we never let up, and uh, it's just awesome. funny. We did, we did that, and then, I mean, from there, you're on a high. You know, heck, that helped pay for a lot of our tooling. A little, I mean, a little <laughs> bit of it, you know. It's like, well, damn, this boat just, you know, we keep this up, we'll be doing good. Yeah, that's so cool, man. That's yeah. a hell of a story. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely. What definitely, was the big fish? We, uh, we had, uh, I think it was like a just under 60 pounder but wow, i mean we caught like awesome. eight fish that day i mean we crushed it i mean we had a really good day i mean we were on a high it was, yeah. it was we had a great day we had like a 16 to 50 pound i caught i can't even remember um but i look at that as like karma man like you work hard enough at something right yeah you, you get rewarded yep, yeah yep. for sure that's so cool you worked harder than anybody in that tournament for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We built the whole boat to get it there, you know. And like I said, That's we so even cool. built the rods that we fished with that day. So it's kind of awesome, a lot man. of little things. I like I like to make things. I don't like to buy things. I don't know if it's because I'm cheap or I don't think I'm cheap, but I just – it's hard for me to pay for something that I think I can do better than somebody else. It might be the artistic side of you. Maybe. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe something so. like that. But, um, so. yeah, so the 26, and then, like, you guys were off to the races. And, like, how many 26s have you built? In, so uh, we have 
pulled 32 of them out of the mold now um, wow. since 2019 through COVID and all that craziness trying to get parts and stuff like that. It was hell, but uh, I mean, we couldn't get resin for a while. We were actually having a, some boats are built out of race boat resin because that's wow. all we could get high, high dollar stuff. But we didn't chinch on that. We didn't get cheap on that. We said, we'll just buy the better stuff then, yeah. um, which was astronomically expensive, but we had to keep building boats. Mm-hmm. Keep the doors open. Keep right? yeah, keep it rolling. And I mean, we never closed a day. I mean, guys get sick, they'd get out, they'd leave for their days until they felt good, and they'd come back. You know, so yeah, and they wanted to work, which was a good thing. Yeah, they wanted to stay here. I could see it, man, because like <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like whenever you're working on something and you can see a job well done, and like you have that, say like. You know, anybody that works here can say, you know, I build those boats. Oh, everybody's passionate here. I mean, I got guys that have never been on a boat, and they are the biggest fans of our – I mean, they – You you find them online. They'll be telling people – I mean, I'll find them on post online talking our stuff up, you know. I mean, they're they're obsessed with it too. That's cool. That's cool. You got to build – like somebody told me a long time ago, you got to build a culture that everybody wants to be a part of. And it's like I can see that in a lot of boat building – places you know oh for sure it's yeah. cool a lot of pride yeah for sure but um you you built the 26 y'all y'all made a bunch of those and you you also saw you built some 16s right yeah size down a lot and then yeah so we built the 18 and then the 26 and then um i always i said man everybody's like you're gonna go bigger you're gonna bigger i said no i want to fill that gap first you know because i have people that want something less expensive than the 18 and smaller and uh it worked out. Uh, Richard Schmidt with uh, the Pelican out at Chandelier, he bought the Pelican a couple years back, and they were having all kinds of issues with skiff sinking, falling apart. I mean, they used some other boat builders, and they just didn't – they built them like skiffs, you know. And he said, man, these guys, I think they can build me something built like a tank. And uh, we worked together, and we developed a little skiff um, together, and, man, they hit the ground running. They've got – five of them out there now and i mean he sends me videos every week we've had a really really rough summer with weather and i mean he'll send me videos of the boats just taking an absolute pounding and uh it's like nothing's no nothing sank yet and i mean we're all good <laughs> i mean he sent me a video the other day one guy obviously had enough to drink and he had a boom box on his shoulder and he wasn't paying attention he ran right into the pelican Oh <laughs> and the boat like bounced back and he's like built ZCB tough I'm like jeez man <laughs> there goes the warranty <laughs> but uh but yeah he's been super happy and the boat float out now that one floats in four or five inches of water and again it's built like our boats it's all infused all glass together right super tough little skiff and uh it's worked out for him and we're excited. We're gonna we're try to get some of those going. We just been kind of we got that done for him, and then we started really focusing on getting twenty sixes because we still got a good bit of those to build. Yeah. Still and is there low. is it? I mean, as far as a, a business, is a the profit margin better on these bigger boats than it is the smaller ones? Or so you got to build a lot of small boats. Um, well, honestly, it it really depends. Um, to be honest, we might make more money on a simple twenty six than we make on a twenty six that cost three hundred thousand dollars really um yeah because yeah, depending on what you put on them yeah because yeah. we don't i don't feel like we charge enough probably to install a lot of the stuff that they want um right and uh but i i don't want them to take it somewhere else so i gotta make it to where 
Yeah, and that's what you are. It, you're you know? a custom boat builder. So. Yeah, we want the boat to leave done, and um, that time that it takes to get all those little features and stuff like that in there really. I mean, some we've built 26s that take two months, and we've built 26s that obviously some have taken a lot longer with the shortages, but boats that take two times as long, and I promise you we don't make twice the money on the expensive ones, you know. Right, right. So it's a lot more work but maybe not so much more money yeah and then and then they always those are the ones that come back we don't make a lot of those peripherals the stuff that goes on those boats we just install it you know and it comes back and then we're having to replace and fix those things that we didn't even do we didn't even make we installed them as good as you could right you know so that's kind of the that's the more frustrating part i mean you got to think you're buying a couple hundred thousand dollars in parts and pieces that you got to put together you're going to have some bad eggs in there well, I'll tell you from a guy that fishes every day, the simpler that you can make a boat, and this goes for everybody that's looking into buying a boat, the simpler that you can make a boat, a lot of times the happier you're going to be because oh, the yeah. less moving parts you got, the, the less things to go wrong. And it doesn't matter how, how well it's installed or how well it's built. I just feel like, I mean, even in fishing, the simpler that you can make the fishing tactics right. and everything, the better it is. Right. just simplifying you it confuse yourself or yeah it's just too much i mean all the senseless lights and oh just, it's funny you know. i mean we've got customers <laughs> their first boat they built i mean they put everything under the sun on it i mean fifteen thousand dollars of stereo and all and then their next boat is always half as much stuff in it you know yeah. they realize like and then they when they go to sell the boat they don't get their money back for it you know yeah and, you don't get as much yeah because it's they're not going to pay you for all those amenities. It's obsolete. Yeah, it By the matter. time they sell the boat, there's newer, better stuff out, you know. So, yeah. it's we really enjoy building the simple ones. We're doing a 26 right now with twin 150s for a, for a guy. It's actually going to be in Venice. He's got a camp down there, and um, it's uh, it's it's fun. It's no powder coat. I mean, it does have a hard. It's it's a nice boat, but it's simple compared to a lot of these other ones that we've done. Right. Right. And y'all's rigging, I mean, y'all's rigging is flawless, man. It's super cool how you can open up a console and see everything where it goes. Oh, yeah, it's that's where we started, you know, so everything's easy to get to. We rigged the boat after it's built. We, I mean, so it's not like we got a bunch of stuff in there that you can't get to ever, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, rigging is our, that's what we've really, I mean, that's the one thing. We know the boat's strong. You know, and what ruins the guy's weekend is when his boat doesn't work right, you know. So, and we don't want that call on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely don't. <laughs> yeah. No. You want the boat to work right. Yeah. 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 So, from the, twi- from the uh, so you have the 18 Curlew and mm-hmm. then the 26 Freemason and then the 16 Pelican. And now you've recently come out with the 22. Yeah, so we've no been. No name, right? The no name 22. Um, and that's actually, everybody's like, no name and then there's no name key and uh it's funny i was kind of really? coming up there's with a no name, key? no name key no name pub is the oldest pub in the uh, oldest bar in the keys oh, and it's okay. i was there with matt from conk and that's kind of where i was telling him blah 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 and that's that's where it really kind of turned from a drawing on a napkin basically to to the boat so that's where it stuck you know and it's funny it's worked out really good because it's turned into a big social media thing. Everybody thinks it's a naming contest, so it gets a lot of traffic on our post now. <laughs> but, uh, That's yeah, funny because so. when I heard the No Name Twenty Two, I was like, "Man, come on! All the other ones got such cool names, and yep, it's right, like local names and everything." And yep. then, but that, that's cool because it is. It's still a key. Yeah, <laughs> and, and this boat is gonna, once it gets down there in the keys. I mean, it is an absolute animal. It doesn't. It floats in pretty shallow water, but I mean, it is a 
it is an animal. I mean, it's yeah. And I guess for the listeners that don't know, the the Chandelier Islands are made up of a lot of different islands, and you know, there's Freemason is an island, Curlew is an island, and so that's where these these names. And are. And then the Pelican, the sixteen. The Pelican, the Pelican is the sixteen, and we yeah. kind of let. Richard named that after the Pelican because that's where it all came the Pelican about. Pelican Lodge, that's on Chandelier. So yeah. That's super cool. Such yeah. a cool way to name boats. Yeah, and I, I wanted to do another Chandelier name for the 22, but uh, it, was, it was hard to pick one that just sounded right. And then no name stuck. I was like, man, I put it on my boat on, just because I really didn't have a name. And uh, I was like, oh, well, no name's where we kind of came up with it. At the no name pub. You didn't like Gosher? Stuff. <laughs> it, yeah. You messed around with it? <laughs> I, it? I like, I actually, were, I thought about it, but it was, you got to find a name that also works out of, outside of this area. I mean, we're selling boats all over the country. And yeah. Yeah, I could see it's, that. There's, a, I mean, it's, you get people starting to, it's hard to spell or they don't know how to spell. So you got to find something so people can find you also online. If they can't spell your name, yeah, uh, it makes it tough, you know. So, you th- unfortunately, you got to think about all those little aspects when you come up with. And every, I mean, I'm telling you, every email we get now, it, it was like, oh, can I get a price on an 18? Can I get a price on a 26? And now it's, can I get a price on a no name 22? So it's worked. I mean, it's yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, <laughs> it's it flows. I guess. Do you feel like that's going to end up being the mo- more popular boat that you're going to sell? Or well, I th- I think eventually. I mean, it's we've. We've got some guys, they want us to build it more open style. Um, and we might get there. We're just, yeah. we're trying to, it's, we, we, everybody wanted a bay boat with the 26 with the bay cap. And we've probably sold 60 plus boats and we've only built three of those. So it's like, all right, well that we should, sometimes you can't just listen to everybody. You really got to just go with your gut. And it, it, not that it didn't work good. It, I mean, it worked good. Um, it just wasn't what everybody wanted. Everybody wants that hybrid open. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I see myself, like my, my recent boat, I went from a 24 Blue Wave to a 26 Blue Wave, and I kept the bay cap. And now I don't know at what point I really realized it, but I find that most of my clients are over 40 years old, mm-hmm. and their balance is all the time. I mean, even if you're younger and you're not on the water all the time, your balance is not that. So they don't feel as comfortable up on the bow as they do when they're sitting on the standing on the deck right and so now i think in the future i want a boat where they you know you have more deck but then it's like a trade-off because you lose a lot of storage whenever you do that right you do i mean we we the way our boats are constructed i mean we can have as much or as little storage as somebody wants in the deck i mean it's all accessible if somebody wants it um and uh but we do a lot of the raised forward steps to the upper deck um yeah so that allows you to kind of get as creative and they're all custom i mean we draw it out for the customer and they can literally pick whatever design they want in the bow so um it can be as simple or as simple or as custom as you want to be with our 26 which is pretty neat so and that's really worked well for us because most of our customers are wealthy and generally wealthy or they have a bigger boat or they and they're very picky and they love to be able to come here and just build exactly what they envision you know and with our help of course we try to yeah when they have an idea and it's like well look we've built 40 of them like this only a handful of them are like that you know i would highly recommend you go with this and sometimes 
I tell them like for reselling, half of them are like, I don't give a shit about resell. I want what I want, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I guess when you get people coming to you for a custom boat build, that's they want what they want, right? Yeah, I mean, and I mean, it's 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 been it's been fun. We've met a lot of really cool people, made a lot of cool connections with guys. I mean, yeah. And I'd say that's the biggest difference when coming to somebody like you versus like a production boat is, you know, if you want this hatch here, you want this hatch a little bigger, you guys can, can make all it. that happen. Yeah, we got an in-house CNC router. Um, and that's honestly how all this craziness started is whenever we were doing just rigging up here at my shop, I told my dad, I said, man, I got to get the CNC machine. Nobody else has it. And uh, I think I can do it. And that's that's honestly what I learned the most in college was uh, – how to do drafting and AutoCAD and stuff like that. So we started making all the dashes and stuff like that for ourselves and half the dealerships on the coast we were making new dashes for. Really? Um, switch <laughs> panels and dashes. I mean, you name it, I've probably built them a built them a uh, panel. <laughs> and um, so it, we made a good relationship with all the people around here. I mean, all the dealers. We don't have any dealers that were we feel our competition, especially now. I mean... They all respect us. We send people to them, you know, if they're looking for something or need something. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so that's the CNC router is where I got the bright idea to start building boats is, oh, I can make this, I can make that. And like, oh, we can make them perfect. I mean, I'm not, don't claim to be the best carpenter, but my CNC is a pretty damn good one, you know, so, <laughs> uh, it allowed us to get dangerous. And that's where all, I mean, all of our tooling, all other than the, 20 all the the 26 and 22 hulls were done in south florida on a big cnc big cnc but all of the parts the console the uh the cap the cockpit um all the hatches everything we did in-house on our cnc so it allowed us to do it at a fraction of the price i mean most companies are paying other companies to do all this work except for the huge companies they're and doing and them for in-house. people for people that don't know what a CNC machine is what what is that because I mean I know so vaguely what it is so it's a basically it's a it's a table with that you draw stuff on CAD basically and um, it cuts it out precisely with a router head um, some companies have like a water jet or plasma cutter table ours uses router bit so you can put different profiles um, so you can say like I need this hatch built to this spec yeah so i draw i mean basically i mean just like that i can draw that up wow i'm showing paul right now a picture just of a deck layout and this is what i use this file to create the actual parts wow and uh i can get paul some pictures and i don't know if he's got somewhere he can post some of it how yeah, we kind of yeah, can post it. how we kind of put it together but it's it's a pretty cool process and that's where our customers when we did the 26 i mean i've got pictures they're here looking at us touching fuel and seeing the boat before one was ever even built and we did all the part like we do all the parts out of mdf and um and then cover them in a product called duratech which is like gel coat and once that part's done people think it's fiberglass and it's actually just mdf cheap mdf you know so <laughs> the process to do that though is painstaking. i mean it is painful and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in it man hours and but we're able to do it in-house wow you know we're cool. not we're not dealing with a company that's doing it for 10 other companies either, you know. So right, right. You can make exactly what you need. Yeah. And make changes on the fly, you know. Once you get that part shipped to you, yeah. that's done, <laughs> you know. Where we're like, oh, wait, that's not going to work, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's what great. looks good on a computer screen doesn't always look good 
once it's there. Once it's put together, you know, so, yeah. Well, where do you see, like, the future, man? Are you going to go bigger? Are you going to so, go smaller? So, uh, obviously, we can't build any smaller boats at this point. I mean, I'm not... I'm trying to big cop build kayaks. Huh? No, no, we're not <laughs> in the canoe business. No, we're not building drift boats. We're not, no, it's Paddle not boards. Us. No, no, we're gonna we're gonna go bigger. We're still, it's it's on the horizon, but we like we want to grow slowly and methodically and keep our customers that we have now happy. I mean, I don't. My guys also do the tooling and stuff. So if I pull them away to do tooling, then production slows down and. We're trying to get caught up from COVID a little bit and really trying to see what the market wants. I mean, we want to build something bigger, obviously. That's kind of my roots was big boats, mm-hmm. you know. But you learn a lot on a smaller scale. and You can build one 40-footer or something like that, but I can build 10 26s, say, in that time frame. So I'm better off kind of learning and getting better at building more boats and getting my guys more efficient and clean and... Yeah. stuff like that. I mean, if you walk around our shop now, I mean, you'll see my office is a mess, but <laughs> the uh, the fiberglass shop is clean. I mean, you would never know that we've built almost 60 boats out of there. I mean, it looks... It's, it's amazing. It's yeah. very clean. I mean, I, we like to keep a clean clean shop, and my dad was always, he'd come up here, oh, shop's a mess. You need to clean up. You need to clean up, and that kind of stuck in my head, and then a couple of customers came through, and they're like, man, I can tell by your shop that you build a good boat and they're like we've been to this shop we've been to that shop and it's a freaking mess yeah so i tell my guys i'm like hey keep it i mean it makes such a difference you know yeah keep your work here golly man it makes such a difference you know and we don't claim to be the cleanest but um when we were doing all our our um tooling um the guy that did that did a lot of bahama boatworks tooling and it was right next door and we got to walk around their shop several times and look around and it was like man this is bahama's Premier, they're the absolute best. I don't I've know if they're the best well. running fishing boats, but they're definitely the best constructed, highest quality boat that you can buy. And uh, the way they do things is right. I mean, you go in their place and it is a hundred. It is perfect. You know. Yeah. Well, if somebody wants to buy like one of your boats, like what can they expect for like a, a lead time and how long? Would it right take now, time? right now we're probably. I mean, it, it changes so much because every boat we sell, any time we sell a boat, it bumps it back, you know, because we are small production. But right now we're probably 8 to 10 months on a 22, a little over a year on a 26. Um, and the 16s, we can get done pretty quick right now. I mean, it's a couple months. We could probably bang one of those out. But uh, And the 18s, probably six, 6 to 8 months. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's... If we stopped what we were doing, we could build one of each really quick, but we kind of have to keep yeah, you order keep of the order. guys that yeah. that got gave us their money, you know, two years ago. We got to keep that, yeah, keep, keep that, that promise going. to those guys, you know. For sure, for sure. And so. um, I guess I w- want to play a little devil's advocate. One of the things I, everybody thinks y'all's boats are beautiful mm-hmm. for sure, and they they do everything. One of the more negative things that I've heard is that it's a wet riding boat. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? What would you? So our first, our first 26s, um, when we did our design, we we lost a lot of our chine in the front, our uh, our uh, spray chine in the front, and since then we 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 changed that, and we actually went back, and every boat that came back, we modified it. Um, so we it kind of tapered into nothing in the bow, and uh, being our, our boats run flat, which is why they run good. And um, they do. I got to run one, and 
in a, the Gorn Flows tournament, and I was very impressed with the performance. Yeah, so we got a little bit of a bad rap on a couple of the first boats, and obviously you build the first of anything, there's going to be some changes. So we've, we, we, we modified that chine in the front, um, and, um, um, and then moved a lot of weight around. I mean, we didn't need the boat to run so flat with weight, obviously, because our bottom, we don't have much rocker in the bottom which is why the boat runs really, really well. So we moved some weight back a little bit, or at least took it out of the bow, and we've really changed and improved that. I mean, now people tell us it's one of the drier boats that they've been in. So obviously it was a learning curve. Mm -hmm. um, and the good thing is is we were able to modify most of that in the previous boats um, to improve them, and uh, it really it really made a huge difference. I mean, we, we actually did a couple of guys. We did one side for them to see the difference, and they went and ran the boat, and they're like, holy hell. Yeah. Um, and uh, we actually, I ran my boat, I ran hull number one with one side done for the whole summer to really just prove it to myself that what we need to do, and it, it really worked. Yeah. Um, That's so cool. you learn. I mean, and we've made some changes on the 22 being, and that was, that was the first boats were single engine, um, couple twin engine boats, and, man, we weren't sure. I didn't want the boat. You're always safer having weight forward than having weight back whenever you yeah. build a boat because, I mean, you, you don't want it to squat or porpoise or do that stuff. So yeah. we, we went forward, and then we started cheating weights back, 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 back. And uh, it doesn't seem to care however far we bring it back, to be honest. The boat sits on its on its uh, chines really nice. It doesn't squat much more. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we've, we've and found some good props and stuff like that where it really improved. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of bay boats have – or boats of that class have the problem with the water sitting on the deck if you put too much weight in the back as 100%. well. When you're at idle, you know. Yep, a hundred percent. You know, so that that's you gotta. It's a it's a balancing. It's act. a balance, and obviously you learn as you go. And um, but yeah, we 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 try to get that improved drastically. And uh, um, I guess one of the other things I've heard is that the low sides aren't, you know, they maybe not be the best for certain people, but like as a fisherman, you kind of like that, right? Yeah, but I um, mean, yeah, and it's go measure them on a bay boat. They're low in general, you know, and it's like you guys got to remember what, yeah, you're taking this thing 150 miles offshore, man, but that's not really what it, it'll do it, but that's not really what it's desi designed to do. I mean, if we built the gunnels high and then. Oh, I can't flip my trout in, or I can't. I mean, it's got to still fish inshore, yeah. you know. So we got a big bow. Um, the bow's there, but we got the transom down a little bit, and that helps get the lines looking right. I mean, you can't, you can't have everything. Everybody's like, oh, it's so sexy, it's so sexy. Well, that's because of that, it's yeah, got that it's pretty sheer that line, line, you know. Yeah. And if I make it straight, you lose that, and then you lose the inshore fish ability, you know. And, yeah. There's sandbar days at nice because getting in and out of the boat's easy. I mean, and we haven't ever had any issues. I mean, it's yeah. you could. I've I've my boat had twin three hundreds my last twenty six, and we were backed up to a, a channel marker one day, and somebody bumped the throttles, and we took a whole wave over the transom, and man, it. I don't think the boat squatted one bit. It just held the weight because it's it's already on its it's already pushed down. The buoyancy's already almost maxed out not maxed out but it it takes a lot more to move it down an inch yeah. or two than than you would imagine because it's it is broad and it's yeah i will say that's what everybody says when i see that boat I'm like man that thing is sexy and yeah. that's what i thought the, the whole i was running tim smith i think he got rid of the boat mm -hmm. and he sold it mm -hmm. but 
I mean, that boat with no T-top and everything, I mean, I just thought that was the cleanest looking boat. I mean, yeah, it was, it was a nice little boat, <laughs> you know, and it's, and the ride is where it's really, I mean, it's, it's hard to make a dry boat that rides good um, in that size frame because yeah. you got to get the bow out the water to get it dry and you got to get the bow to cut if you want to ride good. So you got to find that balance. Yeah. And, uh. Everything is a trade-off. Everything's a trade-off, and, I mean, obviously, the faster you go, the drier it gets. So <laughs> a lot of these guys with the twin 300s and stuff like that, I mean, they they don't have much of an issue. They get out past it pretty quick. Right, right. So, But um, you're, uh, I guess, um, let's see, we're coming close to an hour now. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about your boats at all? Uh Man, it's, I think we've covered a lot of it. I mean, it's it's a really cool, cool, yeah, and cool it's, boat. Yeah. We got an open door, man. If anybody, I don't care if you're buying a boat or not, you're welcome. We like to show it off. We like to show people how we don't. And that's the thing. Our shop's always open, so we. it's not like we can hide anything. It's not. Yeah. You you, <laughs> see, you come in here, you see what we got. If we mess something up, you see us fixing it. I mean, and so it's, we don't. It's an, I'm, I'm big on being transparent with guys, and I mean they come in, we show them everything. They can take a picture of what resin they're using and check with their buddy that sells resin or what. I, I don't. Is we we use the best materials, and yeah. um, it's uh, something we got a lot of passion about. That's cool. Well, one thing I always um, like to end on is like conservation, and I know you fish a lot, mm -hmm. and um, I mean like you see the increase of boats, increase of pressure across the board yeah what what more do you think we can do to man it's improve this fishery i wish guys would be a little better about self-regulation you know before the the man's gotta do the regulating for you i mean it's uh i'm big now as i've gotten older i don't want to come back and clean fish for three four hours you know and i realize how much of it goes gets spoiled or gets thrown out or you know whatnot and um and unfortunately social media has just made it i mean i guess guys that maybe aren't not to knock on them but maybe they don't have much to be proud prideful for maybe their pride is showing people on instagram what they've caught that day or whatever and yeah and it's just created like this and, and all and to be honest all social media does is create jealousy so this guy wants to outdo that guy and he wants to post a bigger yeah. board shot than that guy and Man, it's uh, fresh I wish fish is better. Go more. Oh often. God, just go more often, and I mean you're going every weekend anyways. What do you need all that? You know, and I I just I understand some guys want. I mean, if you're gonna go have a fish fry this weekend, go for it. You know, I don't mm -hmm. mind that, but don't do it just for the picture. You yeah. know, it's it's cotton kind of. Unfortunately, that's what society's kind of turned into. I feel like, and it's uh. I think they're just going to keep cracking down on it, and then you're not going to go get to go get that fresh five if you want to go get it, you know? And yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think it's like uh, I always tell people to, like, it, there's a lot of people I feel like they they do the, the post on social media as, like, an ego boost, you know? Yeah, that's what, yeah, it's, it's that, and then they're trying to outdo the other guy, you know, and it's... It's like, all, like, on, try man. and, like, check your ego a little bit before Yeah, go do something out. Get, that, yeah, you know? get, yeah, get... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I maybe. think that's a good message. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just you still take the picture and let them go. I mean, and I, yeah. I'm not about. I mean, if I catch a big trout, I'm I'm gonna bring them home. I'm gonna show them, show my buddies, you know, like that. <laughs> but I'm not gonna probably post it on the internet, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just not. 
Yeah, and that's where I always get onto too. Like you get these fly fishermen, and you know they'll talk about you need to release everything. You know they don't they don't keep anything. Yeah, you gotta and, have a happy medium there. And 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 I th- I think they've cut off a big part of their that experience. You know what I mean? Because the the experience is going out catching it, harvesting, and then, yeah, and then celebrating it at the end of the day, yeah, eating it eating with your it friends with and family, a hundred percent. You know, so that that's like to me the full experience is when you've done it all that day. You ate that fish that day, and I try to do that as much as i can of course yeah they taste a lot better the day of or the day after within a couple days they don't taste good next year (laughs) (laughs) they don't taste good next year (laughs) you know so i don't know it's i wish people would kind of ease up on that but it's never going to get better until the obviously the they're going to keep regulating until we can't catch anything when we want to you know and i really think I, i i talk about it all the time i think the basis for conservation should be more habitat and how we make you know more and better habitat like you i don't know if you've ever been over there by round island but mm-hmm. the way that they've made that whole lagoon in there i mean that's got to be making more fish oh gosh me. man and that's where instead of spending more money on regulation maybe they can spend more money on creating more habitat you know and yeah because uh, we need more of that oh yeah i mean you go to florida and it's out of we fished out of pensacola a while back and i mean there's so many reefs that you don't have to worry about. You can catch fish on all of them. You don't. Yeah. You don't have to worry about some guy pulling up next to you. He just goes to the next one, you know. And here, you, it's like they put all the reef in one spot, you know. And it's like, man, can we kind of spread it out a little bit, you know? It's yeah. They run into a lot of problems with the shrimpers here. Oh, like yeah. The I mean, shrimping's yeah, so the good sh- here because of the muddy bottom. Yeah, the shrimp and lobbying and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, but over there they don't have as many shrimps, so they can, no. you know, it's. And then, like, they don't have the fads. I think they would see a lot more of the different species whenever it comes to, yeah, I mean, like, you all your pelagics and stuff. You know, like, they, they have to have reefs, too. You yeah. Know? And, that, and that's where, you know, Louisiana. But it's like a battle I'm wanting to fight right now just because they're telling us in seven years all of our nearshore reefs off Louisiana will all be gone. Hmm. And, you know, that's, that's like, to me, that's just devastating. Oh, yeah. That's, that's my funnest. That's where all my experiences are built, you know. Yeah, that's the – that's – that. <laughs> mid-range depth stuff is always that's where we've when we grew up fishing all that mangroves and all that stuff i mean that's yeah, yeah. fun stuff for sure well hussein i really appreciate you uh doing this podcast with me man and um i guess if anybody wants to come by a boat they can stop yeah. by the shop or you want to plug like uh, your website or yeah we got a zcb with two b's so zcbboats.com um we got our instagrams the same zcb boats and uh but like i said anytime anybody wants to come to our shop or come check us out man we do not mind it i mean uh you don't have to act like you're just buying a boat either. You just come in here and say, hey, man, can I come check you out? People do it all the time, you know, so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's that's us, and uh, feel free to reach out. We can uh, show you around. Cool. Thanks, Hussein. No Thanks worries. Thank you. Buddy.